This is Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. Jennifer! Richard! How are you? I am so great. I am fabulous. You know, it's interesting because you look different. Is it because you've been scuba diving? It is because I've been scuba diving. I am now scuba certified. Wow. By this gentleman so cool. here through the Patty Corporation that most people go through to get certified. Jack, my son, Dalton, he ended up getting certified in Belize last year. And I thought this would be fun if we can all do it together because Freddie's already certified. And I'm only certifiably a little bit nuts. But hey, bum. So I took the course, got it done in two days, and then was with an instructor in Bonaire Island, which is right next to Aruba, which Jack and I actually got stuck in Aruba because of a storm. And oh. <laughs> what was Jack's like, you can't tell people you got stuck in Aruba. That sounds like an ass, you know. <laughs> yeah, like right. Like I got stuck in Beverly Hills. Right. So I made the best of it, of course. And then we went over there and I started diving. The first dive was on my birthday. Wow. And happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Um, and then we did two dives every single day. And I did eight dives before we left yesterday. Well, let me ask you, you know, people do want to know about you because you're like this medium person, right? right. Who, uh, who, you know, which of all the jokes that go along with that, but basically you're a person who doesn't have the same filters the rest of us do. So does being underwater affect that in any way, or do you just shut that down? No, it makes it better. It's like being in that space all the time. So wow. when you're down there, you can hear, even though you hear your mouthpiece or whatever, it is so magical that you can't help but fall in love with the planet. You can't help but understand our fish are dying, our reef is dying too. And, you know, you can't help but understand global warming. You, you have to know what's happening around the world. And the second you get in the water, you can feel all of that. Anyone can feel it. The people, the reason why there's so many people love to dive is because you're like one with the universe, in my opinion. Granted, it was one of my biggest fears, too. So I wanted Drown, to You mean drowning or... No, well, I'm sure somebody dunked me many times over. Um, which in past lives, yes, which, but no, I just had this, I had this love hate with the ocean. You know, I trained for triathlons as a professional triathlete, but I'd make the guys that I trained with because nobody was, nobody my age at the time, I was like 25, would work out at 4 30 in the morning. I would trade foreign currency, work out with six other guys. I would make them swim outside of me in case sharks were there. <laughs> I was terrified, Eight. terrified. But this got me over my fear. And one of the things that I found very interesting, you know, our good friend, my good friend, not a friend, but somebody I used to love and still love is Dr. Wayne Dyer. Now, Dr. Wayne Dyer said something very interesting in one of his podcasts or one of his books. He said, you know what? Do something different every year to keep your mind going. Like pick up a new sport or pick up something you haven't picked up in like a musical instrument learn something new each year. And I'm like, I want to start doing that. So That's great. Great advice. Here, I'm like, I'm going to get over, I'm going to start tackling my fears and I'm going to get over my fear of the ocean and why, what it's doing to me. And I'm telling you, I've never had so much love. And it was something that my son and I did every day together. 
I was filming somebody who had a terrible fear, aquaphobia of being in the water. And in the film flip side, you can actually see her go through the most recent experience, which was drowning. And But then when she got up above, mm-hmm. she saw how the incident was all planned, uh, that the person who had pushed her into the water was coming to her and saying, you have no idea how how hard it was to do that to you in that lifetime. And then she saw that she had had many lifetimes. So that hypnotherapy allowed her to access the fear and overcome it. And I was able to film her like a few months later swimming in the ocean. She had never been able to do that. I had you have to share with you something too. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Say. No, when we when you asked me about going uh, going underneath, so all of a sudden my heart rate start go, started going up. And I'm I've been able to keep my heart rate down. I'm like, wait a second. And I literally saw two people saying, oh, I'm so sorry. I got too close to you in the spirit world. My dad and Eddie. I was with Eddie's parents, the hassles that were there. They're the ones I don't, know, I don't know who Eddie is. Eddie, um, Eddie was killed last year. Um, and I've been working with his parents on his case. I see. So uh, one of your clients. and yeah, they, they love. I mean, this job takes me everywhere. I went, you know, in London. I had, you know, it's, I'm very fortunate, very blessed. I don't take one second of it for granted. But when I was down there, my heart rate started going up. And the reason why I'm telling you guys this is because when it happens here, I tell people that's spirit going into your energy field. Well, the same thing happens. They're with you. My dad's favorite thing to do with my mother was to go, um, was to go, uh, what is it called? Not scuba diving. But Snorkeling. Thank you. Thanks for being my medium. Um, it was, it was, I know it was just, it was spectacular to have him there and my heart calmed down as soon as I realized they're like, Oh, sorry, we got too close to you. Interesting. Interesting. And so that idea, so it's almost like some of the, the filters are down because you're underwater and you don't have to access any of the, you know, all the cacophony of other stuff that's going on. But it, it's an interesting question of how, and, and this really goes out to the mediums who tune into our podcast, who feel sometimes that when, you know, let's say that what you're just describing, they come too close to us or they're, you know, people use the term, I feel like they're attached to me or they showed up. So how do you block them or block those, uh, that awareness in your mind where you like, they're saying we'll step back. Yeah, yeah you don't, you don't block it. What you do is you acknowledge it and it goes away. I see. It, it goes away. I see. But they and just so can you, but you, that you it can, wasn't a shark or anything, that it was yeah. them. I you see. But you can also you say, could you step back a little bit? Correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And another thing you could say, Sandy was so, it was so wonderful because when she went, her and her husband, when they went diving, she, she felt Eddie and, you know, she felt Eddie and she's just like, okay, what is it? And he goes, go up about 60 feet. They were about 80 feet um, under. And he's like, go up about 60 feet and then turn to your left. And when she did that, she saw a, one of those little horses, those little, um, oh, yeah, seahorse. Yeah. A little seahorse. And they'd never seen one. It was, the oh, wow. and it was black. She also was led to a black horse cause she does barrel racing. She was led to a black horse. I'm like, that has so many, so many connotations with what Eddie wow. was going to show you. Acknowledge it. And like we've discussed before, don't have fear. Like I, you know, if my dad would have popped, you know, it was easier because Eddie doesn't remind me of things about dealing with my own family. Do you know what I'm saying? So he, yeah, he showed there other fears. Yeah. yeah. So it was wonderful because it 
allowed me by him showing up first before my dad because if my dad showed up I'd, I'd be like is there a shark <laughs> is there, are you yeah because is he here to warn me about something right and the second that happens if you have fear with it it's going to stick with you you know my dad could say no but i probably would you know it just takes a while to right because yeah. you're parsing and, and judging what you're hearing right so with your um with what you said about uh sorry i don't i feel like i'm still floating <laughs> <laughs> well, just that idea of people, you know, accessing the information and then putting it in such a way so that they can deal with it. Right. There, it's allowing. Uh, maybe I heard it, or I had a dream where I felt like, you know, even when you hear something physically, you can tell other people. I feel like I had a dream where I saw, and and they they don't get stressed over you saying I talked to Aunt Betty last right. night. And people are so afraid of that still, and it's so sad. They're afraid of being judged and here their loved ones want to talk to them so much you know yes that's right and and it's funny they're the ones blocking them you know whether it's they're holding up the book of you know some scripture that says don't talk to you and and they're just trying to say look i'm i'm still here why why won't you like, and by the way don't talk to me talk to them yeah <laughs> that's if right that, if that's allowed that's allowed well, we might as well invite our friend and uh, our moderator on the flip side, Luana Anders, for those tuning in for the last time. And that's Luana. And Luana's my pal who passed away in 1996, started showing up and, and uh, basically introducing me to this topic, which was not part of my background or anything. Bought it tooth and, and nail. <laughs> I bought it tooth and nail. And ultimately, um, when I met Jennifer, you know, she mentioned that this friend had was showing up and eventually we realized after talking to her, working with her, that she was doing the identical thing that, that uh, Jennifer does here, which is to help people to access what is being transmitted. And Juana right. helps people over there on the flip side who may not understand yet how to communicate. So they seek her out. And sometimes they know me or they know Jennifer or they know a friend of a friend or sometimes we don't know them at all. But but they've found Luana and Luana has given them because they're like, you know, like two Dixie cups. Jennifer's got one end. Luana has the other or a cell phone and they're trying to communicate with each other. Um, anyway, so Luana, the person with the VIP list. Well, so first of all, Eddie came through again. Um, and Eddie oh, great. Eddie was an actor and he's like, I finally made it. I'm like, <laughs> he started laughing. He goes, I was an actor too. I am an actor. Um, he you finally made it to what? To the class? The VIP class. Like, the VIP class. He's Very good. But then he gave me the chills. And that's another thing that I want people to know. When you get the chills, that's them. I call them chill hugs. That's them in your energy field as well. That's a great term. Okay. Um, okay, Luana. I know somebody just recently died. I just saw it come through. Okay. Um, Han. Did you know him? I'm sorry? James Kahn or Han? Oh, Jimmy Kahn. I didn't know James. I met him. I mean, I didn't know him personally, but I knew, Luana knew him and other people knew him. Well, that's what they're saying. And he just showed me. Um, the he God may not be ready to chat with us. I think it was. No, I know. I know. I just thought it was. I'm just saying, you know. That oh, I and know. I'm not. I'm not saying that he's not allowed to. I'm just. I don't know in the circumstances. I, I always tell you when I see something yeah. come through, yeah, I yeah. want you to know that, that I saw there was an alert saying that he died today. Well, Luana, do you do you have some, some folks for us to talk to? Or is well, this I'll 
Capone, and I know we were talking about the Godfather, but Al Capone keeps popping in, and I just don't understand why. We were, Al Capone has nothing to do with the Godfather, but Al Capone. I know that. I know that. No, no, but I'm teasing. I'm just saying, what is it? Al, literally Al Capone. All right. Yes, not Al Pacino. Al Pacino's Let's, singer. But let's parse it. Yes, it's either an Al. Oh, the islands. Huh. Oh, the islands? Yeah, he just showed me the islands. And I then I'm being rough. Hold on. It's ashes in my possession. That's correct. A friend I, of mine I, was at his funeral, and, and they gave some to her, and she gave it to me. Marlon has shown up quite often in our conversations. He showed up in a podcast that I did with some people in Australia two weeks ago. Okay. Why is Marlon Brando here? And I said, well, Luana did a movie with him. First she saw Luana, then she saw Marlon. And he wanted to talk about something specific. He went, he did want to talk about how fame is re, re, uh, non-existent on the flip side. He wanted to talk about the fact that he was no different than a bus driver. But okay. What does he want to talk about today? The islands. So didn't he have an island? Or yes, he did have an island. That's, yes, very good. What, so that's what he was saying. So I'm sorry. He kept popping in. I'm like, Al Capone, that's so funny. But I'm sure that's going to mean something somewhere. Well, let's just call him Marlon. He's an actor. So Marlon, what about your island do you want to talk about? Or you just want to re re reference it. There's people involved and... There is something about one of his... That island that relates to uh, his journey. So Marlon, healing properties with, with regard to island visiting. Water's a conductor. Water's a conductor of what? Water's a conductor of spirit. Like it's people get visions in showers, you know, they're not, it's just, I don't know if you meditate because you're doing something that you always do like shampooing your hair or brushing your teeth. Um, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think water itself, a, you know, H2O. H2O. That's <laughs> oxygen. O2, H2O. Then he's like, and then you throw in, and then you throw in scuba diving with more oxygen. It's kind of a, it's a perfect mix. Um, hold on. Oh, thank you. He mentioned birthday, but I feel okay. Tell him to slow down. For a guy who was taciturn and didn't want to talk to us when we first met him, he's changed. <laughs> we like that about him, though. I know. There's something about a birthday. I don't think he's just mentioning mine, but I'll leave that alone. I don't know. If well, the, I'm here uh, visiting a good friend of mine, and it's his birthday. Oh, okay. And he knew Luana, right? And he knew Luana. We're okay, good, all good they're friends. All, they're all singing up there for him. Okay. I would tell they're Dave, Dave Padlack. Okay. That Marlon's singing for him today. Everyone, everyone's singing up there. Happy birthday. Okay, very good. He's so happy. They're like, he needs to stop acting like he's 93, though. <laughs> I was just writing a note about him, about Dave and, and how, you know, how much he gives to the planet. And I, I happened to watch a documentary about Marlon maybe two nights ago where it was uh, directed by the great Get Albert. Out. I'm not getting out. I'm staying. You can't make this the up. The so great Albert Mazeless. And it was about 45 minutes of Marlon sort of doing interviews with different women back in Philadelphia, back in the 1960s. So, you know, strikingly handsome, but also so real and so present and so not doing what they wanted him to do. So. I do. 
Um, and let me ask about this. Let me just hone in on this birthday song thing. Is there anybody else, Luana, that's up there? Bill, your buddy, your brother. My brother, Jeff. Okay, very good. Uh, you know Dave. Your mom's playing the piano. My mom loved Dave. Your mom's playing the piano, and she's actually says that she's Prince is on the piano. <laughs> Prince, dude, uh, I love that. He, I love the way he played the piano. I really. Somebody, who was the person that started that had the guitar that collected a lot of Jimi Hendrix stuff? He did the the concussion research. Paul Allen, you're playing guitar now. Is that correct? Are you are you still playing the uke, or have you graduated? The ukulele. He says he um, he loves it more than the guitar, but he likes the power of the guitar. Okay, so he's graduated to doing that. Yeah. That's fascinating. Uh, we, uh, Dave and I, went to see a movie last night. And okay. do you want to, and that, if somebody that's in our class, a movie about that, about that, the hint, pretty big hint. Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> so we wow. talked to him uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, whenever we talked to him, whenever. And, uh, and he was taught, we asked him about the movie and he kind of did this, you know, right. so does he want to talk about anything, the movie, or does he want to talk about you do exactly? Hold on a second. There's a bunch of them chiming in. Aretha Franklin's chiming in. He's like, <laughs> the same thing happened to him as it did for me. Um, in terms of storytelling where they tell the story and they recreate it, fix it, change it. The ending, the ending they don't like. They don't like the ending. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but nobody likes it. like his ending. <laughs> nobody likes the ending of any, you know. Yeah, don't end. Right. Hold I can on. ask you some questions about it, Elvis. Let's do it that way, because I haven't seen the movie. Yeah, okay, you haven't seen it. Very good. So uh, we, we have spoken to you before about how a Colonel Parker, Colonel, whatever his name is, Tom Parker, Tom, how uh, his mentor, the guy who was his manager, how that they had had lifetimes where switched so right. in the pre so because i was when when he first showed up i wanted to ask him like why would you allow this guy to you know control your life and his immediate answer was well i did it to him in a previous yeah, life yeah, yeah. so but i just want to ask your uh, opinion i mean i don't know if you've watched the film elvis of course you live the film what are we talking about but it your opinion about other characters in the film or maybe about the actor who played you or he he says for the actor that played him he said was amazing he was it's brilliant he he was better than i was in real life <laughs> you know i noticed i noticed some really key things your put on like did they have to put on lots of makeup like tons of makeup for for parker okay. not for elvis but for parker parker was a lot nicer than he was in life. Then in in like oh, was it a lot nicer in the film? Well, you'll have to see the film. They the dramatized. So. It's a little bit. It's dramatized. It's like an opera. No question about it. And they made him the bad guy. And you know, operas the bad guy's the devil. So it's a lot. You know, it's a little Amadeus. It's they keep showing me this. So like what what I've learned from the other what I've learned many things, but the essence of him was not like how they, he was portrayed. Right. He got caught up towards the end. Like the last but, but I want to point something out. The, at the end, they blended real footage in of you, Elvis. 
And the laughter that you have, your laugh comes from another place. You can clearly see that you're somebody who has no ego when he laughs, just completely gives everything up in that moment. And and I don't think any actor can recreate that. I think that's impossible. It's just that from his mom. Is that right? They portrayed your mom very nicely. I thought they did a pretty good job. And she says she looks skinny. <laughs> um, well, that's sweet. And the, also uh, the woman, the actress who played your wife. And I know that Priscilla is a big fan of the movie because she's mentioned it uh, often. And she, loves it. she loves it. And she, she loves it. Go she ahead. Should. She should. It portrayed both of us, the love that we had for each other and why it didn't work because of him not being here, like not being present. Right. Yeah. In his life. And uh, listen, I, I, this is a ridiculous question to ask you and you probably know what I'm going to ask you. Jennifer and Richard pretend or claim to be accessing her husband on the flip side. And I just want, if you could tell her something that only she would know, or you could just show Jennifer an object or some phrase that only that you would know that you would share that would prove to her, not to the audience. There's something about she still has the original wedding ring. Like something with that. Hold on. Is that is that what you want to show her? I'm sorry. Give me her first name again. What was her Priscilla. Name? Making fun of me with how much I go get my hair cut. <laughs> a lot of people. Um, but something about a ring or the ring? I don't know. That's what I'm just give me a second. Okay. I'm just trying to help you with the question. It was an original ring that was handed down, it felt like. Okay. That's what it was. Her family or her family? I feel like there's something with her, like a mom. So I believe it was his mom, though. His mom's ring or your or her mom's ring? My mom's ring. Okay, your mom's ring. Very good. Um, and Hold on. So about 1972. So I don't know if that's did his mom pass away then or well she'll know. That's the he's answering my question, which is you've given her a date, 1972. Something important happened. She'll know it. We don't have to look it up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let him and let me, you know, anything that you want to say to her that directly. I mean, look, I, of course, you probably talked to her all the time. She still hear like she still hears him singing. Singing. It's great. But then I was shown, so I was shown Scientology. Well, that was her, do you know that, do you know that her daughter, their daughter was, uh, was involved with uh, that group? I thought she was. Was she? Oh, was she the- was? I don't know. See, that's how much I know. You're probably right. I, I don't know. I don't know either. It's not. Yeah. It's and you know, I got to say to the people... They believe in reincarnation. They're like, jump, 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 right? Okay, all right. Well, that's, yeah. Uh, you know, I got to say, on behalf of our audience tuning in, I did have a specific request to speak to somebody in heavily or highly up in the that movement. And Luana, it's the only time Luana said no. She said that that person is too disruptive and is not allowed in our class. Oh, Hubbard. Got it. Yeah. She and she blocked him. By the way, if you would have asked me that question, I wouldn't have even known. But what I'm getting is that 
she already knows where the other part of Elvis is reincarnated. Like, I feel like she knows in some way. I don't know. Oh, so you're saying that he's, um, so wait a minute, let's ask him. So dude, you're saying you're back or what? No, no, no. Part of him's back. Like there's, there is, somebody's getting emails. That's it. That's what's going on with the ding. Yeah, it's not me. Okay. Not me. I don't think. Oh, you know what? That's the flip side going, got it. <laughs> got it. Um, that's okay, funny. Hold on a second. So I don't have that on my computer, that sound. So we have different incarnations. We go back to the same soul. So the soul is the ocean, right? I've described this, how each wave is a different lifetime, but it's happening all at once. And then when we're done, we still go, we still keep our individual self. Yeah. Our soul, we go back to the soul, the consciousness of the soul. We still, but we still are here. Anyway, I don't know how they believe. I don't, I'm not sure, but I do feel like another form or another part of Elvis is in a different, is already reincarnated into a boy. Or is back home. And, you know, instead of getting to their theology, let's just focus on what we know to be the case because we've talked to many, 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 many people. And we, as you know, I've done tons of research into this and case studies where they say, we bring a portion of our conscious energy, like a bottle of water. We bring, you know, this amount to our lifetime, but the rest of the, our pitcher of water is back home. And so the idea would be that when someone's here on the planet, then when the curtain falls, their energy goes back home to that portion, gets poured into that picture of who we are. And then we recall all of our lifetimes, all of our journeys together and why this worked out. So I think what he's trying, Elvis, correct me if I'm wrong, what you're saying is that she's aware of this detail, that there is his consciousness is also back home or elsewhere. Unless he's already decided to come back to some, the planet, this planet, some planet, then that's fine. To, but to go down that path, like with James Dean. No, right. He's, he's just talking about, there's something that she knows that's correct. So however that looks to her. Oh, these just don't everything and everyone. You know, I think that really comes through in the movie because clearly Baz Luhrmann, an Australian teenager, was profoundly moved by your life and your music. And, and it, by being an, a foreigner, he was able to tell this story from a completely different perspective because he adored, obviously, African-American music, as Elvis did. And so by focusing on that aspect of it, he really does. And it really, for me, it was fantastic because I got to see all the great singers that I've heard over the years. And, and they blend it. They blended it. Right. But anyways, all right, Luana, is there anybody on our list that wanted to come through other than this huge amount of celebrities that just showed up? And My dad just popped in. So give Hi, me Jim. You know, Thanks for stopping by. Yes. You said, I love spending time with you and Jack in the Wolf Ocean. He says, I'm not the one that made you nervous, but we can, oh, he's so funny. He just showed me how it stems from what he did to me as a child. We went to California, not to me, but we went to California, <laughs> the ocean, and I could not wait to go to the beach, but he picked me up and brought me out 
to the deeper part of the water. Oh yes. And I'm a good swimmer. Like I, I was in, you know, I was whatever champ. I was state championship for freestyle or whatever. I was eight, eight for state. And what? I loved, yeah. My swimming was my, my mom was smart. She put all of his kids at, in swim team at six 30 in the morning and wow. to wear us out. Um, but so, <laughs> so it wasn't like I couldn't swim, but I was terrified. And he says that he's showing me a memory that I had, I totally forgot about. He said, that's where it's done from. And he goes, but he's so happy I'm over it now. That's fantastic. There's more sharks on land. <laughs> that's a great quote. I love that, Jim. Very good. More sharks on land. Um, well, let's ask, because, you know, we're, this is a class about process. So, Jim, listen, I know the Tibetans are really up on, uh, you know, kind of signs and augers and all those things. That, it just shows me all the light prisms. Just, I don't know. Yeah, but, you know, Jim, you're in that astrophysics class about transferring matter to mind to matter. But, I mean, how does... How does how would a group or one person, let's say, or a group of people who want to manifest a rainbow for somebody to remind them, what do they do? Who do they? How, what's the? Pro, is there a process, or is it beyond our capacity to understand? He's showing me. It almost feels like a re reflection from the other, from where they are, from heaven, like with the prisms, um, with the lights that come in. That, so I give me a second. Is he saying they manifest the, the rainbows, the colors and the lights? They think about it? The colors and lights, because it comes after the storm, right? It comes after the rain. Well, yeah, and the rain has, I mean, right. there to be a certain amount of moisture in the air. Let's just put it that way. And so so are, are we talking about creating rainfall or are we just... Are there rainbows everywhere when we're just tapping people and going, hey, look over there? You could see different rainbows, but he's showing me through your eyes. It just depends on how, like, I always complain, like, oh, my gosh, I can't capture it. It doesn't because it's so much more vibrant. Yeah. Than the phone. And the phone does a pretty amazing job of capturing things. Um, but he's showing me, like, people on the island saw it from different places, of course. Sure. He said to get you awake at that hour to see that rainbow. <laughs> All right. So that's that's a process. So the rainbow was there. It's not that they tried to manifest it for you. The, the rainbow was there, but it was like, wake her up to see. Wake her up to see it. And the second time it happened, they sent Jack up, which was shocking. Yeah. My room and it's just like, hi. All right. Well, Jim, let me ask you this. I guess this is kind of the it's a sidebar of the question. I've, you know, read about many, uh, you know, sort of famous Buddhist monks that are passing away in Tibet and then something happens, you know, it's like a transition. It's something that deals. With so that's my question. And, and so what's the energy? Is it an energy transition? The energy from this person sort of like a way a nuclear weapon has a, you know, bomb wave. Uh, what happens? What is the process? Uh, does it change the energy of the environment? That might create a rainbow, that might create a snowstorm, that might create a whatever it is that people notice. That's or interesting. Just awareness. Remember how everybody comes in colors? Uh -huh. Everybody, when we do leave the planet, our essence, our colors, because they keep on enforce, 
not they keep on reinforcing essence our essence right so our frequency or whatever that is with color and light our frequency or color of light maybe we just all make it when we leave like that well i'm i'm just saying because sometimes people see it sometimes don't you know but it and i've seen videos of you know a monk passes away and then some local person brings out the camera and there's like a triple rainbow and there's every the glistening you know so i get it so my i do feel like like it happens i do feel the way he's showing me it could be people that are transitioning where it makes but but can we manifest it as we're transitioning in other words instead of zipping and getting out of here we stop and go hey look at this or i'm sending my love to you is that it? I mean, and then I guess the question is, how do you do that? <laughs> I listen. If I get, if you, Jim, if you can answer that question, your daughter's going to get a Nobel, okay? Or whatever, like how to create rainbows with thought. Uh, no, it's it's well, enough people. Enough people have lost people too, right? That well, they're all suffering or they're all mourning. You know, this person's anyway. I'm just saying. And what if the rain? takes away the illusion of what's out there to begin with. And then you get the real essence of the rainbow. And you also mentioned water being a conductor of energy. And so of course, if there's moisture in the air, you know, is there anyway, we are, we, we do like to talk about process and on some level, which is how to help people either translate with things that are happening to them to be aware of things that are happening, but also to ask the question. So you see something, let's not say a rainbow, it's something unusual. And then you can ask people on the other side, what's that about? So the question would be, and we don't have to answer it, but the question would be, is it possible for somebody on the flip side to create a physical event like a rainbow, like an earthquake, like a thing on earth is it possible or is it just that we we become aware of it and that gives us insight, you see? Because this comment is saying, well, be aware that you have these insights. That's great. My, my question to Jim is, can you can you create it? It's people that are transitioning that are creating it. Okay. It's not something from what I'm getting, their job is to put our awareness over it. Yeah. You know, um, so maybe it's the group. So I, I guess I'd look, it would be like this. If somebody dies in a forest, tree in the forest. I mean, all the lights leaving the planet. No, he just says it's, the rainbows are made with love from people that are leaving here to the other side. Sweet. <laughs> That's why there's so many of them. I know there's got to be technical ones. I know no, no, it's, it's great. Jim, I appreciate that. I love that answer. Lou, is there anybody else that we need to chat with? I know we're going to lose Jennifer in a bit. I know. I'm so excited, though, to be back. And you guys have to know, Richard is not playing this, but I, every time, like, for my new clients, I always get them your book or, you know, I love your book so much. And it's such a gift to so many people. And Tuning into the afterlife. The afterlife. And once you get a taste of that, you're going to want to, like, you're going to be like me where you're going to be nonstop listening to Richard. <laughs> um, and it's something that it really helps you understand more about signs. And I, you know, we hope as a podcast, this is the most fun podcast because we only say, Hey, what time are you going to be there? You're yeah. That's it. Our planning is, is limited to, you know, are you available? Um, right. 
And by the way, so this last week, I posted something that you and I had done. I'm, you probably haven't seen it. And it's two years ago, 2020. And it was about Carl Sagan, who uh, who had, you know, we, we had a conversation with Carl. And that was the third conversation. We had a conversation with him. That's in Backstage past the flip side, but that wasn't on the podcast. We had two. And it was a fascinating look into dark matter and other things. But it was a podcast that we did. It's an hour long. It's like really early on. And he came forward and talked about what it's like on the flip side. And an you know, anniversary of the 25th anniversary of Contact, the movie, which okay. is all about talking to the flip side. People think it's talking about aliens, but it's talking to higher consciousness, which is identical. I'm sorry to say, but, and so we had contact with Carl two years ago. And because what happened was I, I, I posted something to the producer of the film, Linda Obst, and it just said, you know, we had a chance to chat with him about the flip side. And she wrote back, well, you know, Carl would tell you right up front, he was an atheist. He didn't believe in the afterlife. So you'd really have to prove it. And so I wanted to have chills over it. Whatever you're saying. Well, I, not only did I post it, I wrote I wrote an essay, which I took all three of our interviews and put them together and then gave all the research and evidence that goes with that. It's on the richmartini.com page. It's 44 pages long. I got a warning. You emailed that to me and I couldn't tell. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the point is, we those are three conversations that we had with Carl Sagan. On the flip side, within where he proves to people who know him that the things that he observes on the flip side are accurate to them. They wouldn't be to us because we don't know. But he, the people who read that, who knew him, will know that is him. You see? That's so, so that's what happened when Jennifer was out of town. <laughs> but thank you so much for being available today. This has been really a treat. I could not wait. Oh, I, you're so funny. I really I wanted you. to do it on my birthday, but I didn't realize I would be thrown into the ocean so soon. I thought I'd have a day to recoup. Splash. But we're like, oh, no, no, your instructor's coming right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I think it's just great. You know, you do have to focus on what's in front of you. I just think it's cool that, you know, I've been able to get a Wi-Fi in Vegas now. You know, it's different. I, I know it is different very good all right Lou any last words from Luana on the flip side I'll tell Dave about the birthday song stop worrying about your daughter <laughs> you know it's a Jennifer just likes to do the thing swinging out of left field and hits the gong bang wow that's Luana Luana's taking care my daughter's in, in Rome and we think about it all the time She's going to be taking care of her. You know, and I ask Luana all the time, Lou, keep an eye on her. She so, says that believe it. I do. I do. I, you know, what can you do? A parent, you know, your heart's outside your chest walking around. Yeah, if someone said, you know, don't worry about Jack, I'd be like, okay, that'll last five seconds. <laughs> anyway, Lou, thank you. That's very sweet. Anything else, my dear? Safe travels and stop worrying about traveling too. Okay, Jennifer, we love you. Thank you for your gift and your gifts and your charm and your wit and your wisdom. We love you dearly. And thanks to everybody tuning in. What an unusual podcast. What a treat that we get to talk about this stuff and we don't get strung up, put on a pyre, or lit up. 
It's no. wonderful. Not right now. Not in this life. Maybe the next one. All right, guys. You guys have a lovely time. We'll talk to you later. Catch you on the flip side. Ciao. Oh. What? I'll yes. be on a plane next Thursday. Okay, good. All right, good. Actually, no, I won't be. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully we'll be here. And we'll, and if not, I'll dig up something else that we did that was brilliant and but we forgot about. Perfect. All I right. love you. Okay. Bye. 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 Love, love. This has been Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. For more information, jenniferschaefer.com, martinizone.com, or richmartini.com. Hacking the Afterlife documentary is available on Gaia.com via Amazon Prime.